Hey everybody, my name is Chris Heron. I'm here with PJ Braun for the Ask PJ Braun podcast. Uh, we're going to start our second podcast and we're going to answer some of your questions and go over last week's questions. And I'm here with PJ now. What's up everybody? This is this is number two. And I was so impressed by the questions from the first one, but I have to say, I think I'm even more impressed this time. And that makes me very, very happy. You guys enjoyed it. Uh, for some reason, though, I keep getting asked where to submit the questions, uh, even though I tell you every day on my cardio Q&A. So for anybody who wants to submit questions to be discussed on this show, the email is askpjbron at blackstonelabs.com. And what's good about this, guys, is I know that a lot of you are religiously following my cardio Q&A, which I'm very flattered by. I said, but I tell people I can't spend 15, 20 minutes answering a question on my cardio Q&A because it's rude to the other three, 400 people that are on there who are submitting questions the whole time, too. So those are rapid fire answers. I can speak on some of these topics for an hour. Now, I'm not going to do one topic for an hour anytime soon, but I will get far more in detail and in depth on your answers on here. So whatever you want to know, whether it's dieting, nutrition, supplementation, how to pick up chicks at a bar, you want an in-depth answer, bring it to me here and I will certainly do my best to get all of them done. And that's my little intro for your hour and we will get into answering some questions now. All right. Uh, the first question we have here is from Adam Gomez. Uh, he asks, how did you know you wanted to start a supplement company out of all the other business ventures out there? Also tips on starting a business. Well, uh, as far as the tips on starting the business, I think that I'll answer that as I'm answering the, the, the beginning of the question. So I didn't know that I was going to start a supplement company until far later in life. Now, I'll tell you what I did know, that I wanted to run my own business. So when I was getting out of high school and getting ready to go to college, I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew that I loved bodybuilding. I'd already been seriously bodybuilding for five years. It started when I was just after... Uh, I had turned 13 and I, I was basically scared to be honest of going into high school and having to play football with these giant high school guys. So I told my mom I had to get into working out and you know, there's a whole story with my father that we've discussed that I don't need to get into now, but I knew that I loved bodybuilding and I loved it more and more and more by the time that I was 18. Now I was that kid back in the nineties when all you could get was EAS products, creatine monohydrate, phosphagen HP. Most of you guys won't even know what any of these fossils are. Uh, HMB, Betagen was one of them. Bill Phillips eventually sold that company for like $500 million. And I was obsessed with the supplements. So I realized that I didn't really have great genetics. Um, in fact, many things came to me harder when I was in high school, I remember going to do the bench press tests and things like that for the football team. And a lot of the guys that didn't even try were stronger than me. And it was very, very frustrating. So that was when I started investigating how I could be better. And I realized that nutrition and supplementation were so important. So I was an avid supplement user from the time I was 13. And I still am today. I, I use many supplements that my company doesn't even make today. So one thing that I knew for sure was I didn't like people telling me what to do. And for that reason, I knew that I would never be good in corporate America. Um, part of it, I suppose was maybe an attitude problem when I was younger. Part of it 
was because I felt that I knew how to do things better in many situations than people that were superior to me as far as job position. So I had this epiphany one day when I was sitting in school. I realized that I needed to switch my major. I was a business major, and I had no clue what business that I was going to run. So I started uh, studying exercise physiology and nutrition. And the reason that I started studying these, <laughs> these subjects was because I was sure if I made myself more educated than anybody else that I could utilize nutrition and supplementation to make up for my lack of genetics. Uh, and I had a mentor who I've spoken about many times named Renee Abreu who had a customized degree from UConn. Uh, and he was truly brilliant, knew everything there is to know about every single vitamin and supplement in the world. And I would just pick his brain all day, every day. Um, eventually he left school and, um, I kind of became the new Renee and I utilized all of that stuff with my first business, which was Braun Fitness, my training business. And this was a day where I was sitting in class in school I was staring at this gothic chick. I remember staring at her and thinking, she's pretty attractive despite the fact that she looks like she hates her parents and never wears anything other than black and, and is always in a bad mood. Um, and then I looked out the window, and it just hit me that day. I said, I got to get out of here. And that day, I went home from school. I made uh, my business cards, and I started my training business. And I had this – I've always had the ability to pitch – and I guess that's that's a natural talent that you have, whether you can sell or not. I, I think that you can become a better salesman, but typically people that do well in sales, it's kind of just something that they have. My pitch was this. I didn't want to go up to people in the gym and say, hi, I'm a trainer. I'd like to hire you. I can do this for you. I can do that for you. What I would do was I would go up to somebody and I would say, excuse me, um, I'm sorry, but I couldn't help notice that you were doing, let's say, uh, tricep pushdowns. And um, it's a great exercise, but I can actually show you a way to do it where you'll recruit more muscle fiber and you're going to feel it a lot more. And if you don't mind, I'll demonstrate it for you right now and you can tell me what you think. And the people will be like, sure. Uh, and then I would show them and they'd be like, wow, you're right. I do feel it way more like this. And I made a lot of relationships with people that then when they started realizing that I was a trainer, they'd say, hey, can I, can I get some sessions with you? So I did it in a very non-abrasive way. Uh, but I got to the point where I realized I could only make so much money training people in the gym. And I then expanded into my online training. In my online training, I would write all the su supplement regimes for all of the clients. So I would say, you need to go to GNC or Vitamin Shop or Amazon. And you need to order this, 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 and this. And if your goal is to lose weight, then I want you to order this, 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 and this. And if you're trying to gain weight, then you're going to order this, 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 and this. And I would customize everything for the individual, but I always had my core things that I believed that everybody should take. And again, I got to the point with that where I wanted more. And I had a lot of good gigs going for me at the time. I was sponsored uh, – by Species for a while, and then I was sponsored by Iron Mag Labs, which was a better contract than what I had with Species. I was uh, sponsored by Envision Medical Group, so I was getting free HRT as well as a salary from them in exchange for referring them lots of business. Um, and again, I, I, I couldn't help. I've always had this thing in the back of my mind where when I felt like I hit the peak financially, I, I wanted more. And um, I, I realized that I was making a lot of money 
for Iron Mag Labs. Uh, and I discussed this with Aaron. We had implemented, Aaron was in charge of the marketing at Iron Mag Labs. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Aaron, Aaron Singerman, who is uh, one of my partners with Blackstone, um, he was was coming up with ideas for what we could do to expand the marketing. And we wanted to utilize the fact that I had a really big following on social media. Now, this is before there even was an Instagram. This is years ago. And so I was killing it on Facebook. So we came up with the idea of doing discount codes that were basically just our name, you know, PJ10 for a 10% discount. And we could track all of those sales. So whenever you guys wonder where did this all start, I like to believe that we started it because we were doing this Ryan Mag Labs before Shreds was in existence and we were monitoring all our sales. Now, there were certain months where I saw that my code brought in $70,000, $80,000 of sales. I mean, it was, it was dramatically more than anybody else's, but it was greatly influenced by the fact that I was training hundreds of people and I was writing all the products into their programs. Even the women who couldn't use 90% of Iron Mag Labs uh, products, I would write the, the whey protein into their program so I could at least have them using something. And it was a, And my coupon code was generating sales. Now, we didn't get from Iron Mag Labs a commission. And that bothered Aaron and I quite a bit because we're looking at the numbers during our conference calls. And it was a very small company. It was, it was run by husband, wife, one girl, and Aaron and I. And to see that I was responsible for such a large percentage of the sales, but I was getting the same fixed salary every month, it eventually made me mad. And I told Aaron, I said, we're making this company so much money and we're getting paid peanuts. We need to do this on our own. We need to just do it. We need to be fearless. We need to do whatever it takes to do this on our own. So I'm not going to get into the full story because it'll take up this whole episode. But if you guys are interested, I will talk about in the next episode how the whole launch of Blackstone Labs started. But it basically started because I felt that we could do a far better job than the company that we were working for and make the money for ourselves. And we took the chance to start it. Started it in my spare bedroom, and the rest is obviously history. And, uh, you know, we became a year ago the 27th fastest growing company in the United States. We've still seen growth uh, not as astronomical, but consistent this year. We will keep on growing the same way next year because we have a great business model, great products, and we have a team that is extremely advanced in everything that they do in every department. And that, I believe, may answer the question about tips for your business. What, what you need when, you, when you're running a business is you need to have there's – three, there's three categories of people in life. There's entrepreneurs, there's managers, and there's technicians. The greatest percentage of people are technicians. Uh, and then the next group would obviously be the managers. The managers are the people that can round up these people with these unique talents and get them to perform well. Uh, an amazing manager – is David Winsour, who is the vice president of my company. He has brought on more good employees to this company than, than myself and really anybody else that's, that's been here combined. Um, and I typically believe him when we have a spot that needs filling and he says, I have a guy that will be outstanding in this position. Usually that guy uh, comes in and excels in that position. So you need to have the best technicians that you can get. 
You need to have a manager that knows how to delegate work properly to these technicians so that they can excel in their given role. And as an entrepreneur, you need to trust your managers and technicians and not micromanage them. Because if you're spending all your time micromanaging them, then you're going to lose sight of your vision and you are not going to be able to grow the company and steer the ship the right way. You'll be too focused on things that at the end of the day should be doing by a specialist or a technician, as I call them, to take your vision and focus on how to grow it indefinitely. Um, And really... I think that works for any business, regardless of of what industry that you're in. Delegation of work, having the right technicians, and having good managers managing these technicians. All right. Our uh, next question is here from Steve Q. He says he's a big fan of the cardio Q&A. He's 40 years old, and he wants to know how to get lean. He has a small belly that he's trying to lose. Uh, Well, Winstrol only cycles for tablets of 50 milligrams a day for six weeks with uh, Hepatoval for 140 milligrams be safe to do. Well, for starters, thank you for being a fan of the podcast. I appreciate that. Um, I think it is very important that people understand that you cannot take any given supplement, whether it be an anabolic steroid like Winstrol or not, and simply get the results. Yes, it will enhance what you're going to get, but the dieting is always the most important part. I'm going to do quite a bit on dieting in this episode. We have all those questions lumped together for the, the, the latter half of the show. Um, is your cycle safe for six weeks? Yes. I would absolutely take some liver support. Uh, I would go on Amazon and order some Tudka T U D C A. And I would, I would recommend taking 200 to 400 milligrams a day, maybe split the dosage twice. Um, and I would also get yourself a product called liver care by Himalaya. And I would take anywhere from two to four caps of that a day. And I would also suggest taking a product called gear support by Blackstone Labs, which really you can take year-round. Now, if you take those other products, you will take very, very good care of your liver and other organs that are going to be stressed from those oral compounds. Make sure that your diet is on point, and they will work considerably better. But to short answer your question, yes, that is a safe cycle. All right, our third question here is from Wade Heverin. His first question is, back in your prime, what would your average contest prep of, of a gear cycle be? Uh, number two, do you and Jason Genova still keep in contact? Number three, uh, I remember in Blackstone Labs video, you said once you were doing keto. What would a day of your keto diet eating look like, and also how many carbs were you taking in? And number four is, would you ever consider doing pre-contest prep or taking our, on clients in the field and, and full-time? All right, I'm going to do a couple of these quick because they're, they're easier uh, than the actual diet question, which I am going to get to more in the diet portion. Uh, yes, I'm a humongous keto advocate, and we will talk about keto later on in the show. Um, yes, I still am in contact with Jason Genova. Um, I always will be. I don't think that he'll ever not be a part of my life. Um, as far as the cycle goes, as I progressed as a bodybuilder, I got more aggressive with my pre-contest cycles. And the reason behind this was because each time I competed, I made more friends. I, I made what I felt were consistent improvements. Uh, but my friends were improving at a rate that was just mind-blowing some of them to me. Now, many of them had, met, had better genetics than me. But the ones that were honest, when they would tell me what they were doing, dosage-wise, was far, far more than what I was doing. And one of the funniest things that was ever said to me was by a very good bodybuilder named Quincy Taylor. 
And Quincy Taylor is an enormous monster of a man. Uh, he is, I believe, 6'4". He may be 6'3". Uh, and he used to compete at 300 pounds on stage. And off-season, you can imagine he was 350, 360 pounds. To give you an idea of how big he was, he was in Planet of the Apes. And he was the other bad ape that fought Mar Michael Clark Duncan, who's a huge man. And Michael Clark Duncan wore an ape costume. Quincy Taylor, they just put hair on his regular body. That's how big of a man he is. And I met Quincy Taylor in a gym one day, and he is just he's a, a hilarious, very outspoken, um, <laughs> raunchy at times. Um, Mandingo, he refers to himself as also. He's a very, very large, funny black man. And he came up to me, and he goes, I know you. And I was like, you do? I was actually kind of flattered that he knew me. And he goes, yeah, 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 I know you. I know you. I've seen you around, forcing the magazines. What's your name? And I was like, PJ Braun. He's like, yeah, I've seen you with Dave. And he's referring to Dave Palumbo, of course. And uh, he was like, you look good, man. How old are you? And I said, 25. And he goes, oh, you're doing good, doing good. And he's like, what's next? And I start telling him. And so, so then we, we somehow get on the subject uh, of gear. And um, I was like, do you mind if I ask you, like, what you take? Like, I'm just curious. Like, I just keep learning more and more about what people do. And he goes, well, you ain't going to do what I do. And I was like, why not? And he goes, I'm Quincy Taylor. I'm Mendango. I'm a giant man. You do what I do. You got to do what you got to do. And he goes, I'll tell you right now, though. I'll tell you the truth on what I do. Because all these other motherfuckers are going to lie. Want to know why they're going to lie? Because they don't want you to know what they do because then you can be better than them. So they're always going to tell you less. He's like, I'll give it to you straight. He's like, what are you taking right now? And I told him, I said, I'm doing 750 milligrams of testosterone and I'm doing 400 milligrams of DECA a week. And he goes, that's it. I said, yeah, that's the most I've done so far. And he goes, what are you trying to go in the pro into the women's division of the, of the IFBB? <laughs> and I was like, really? And he goes, hell yeah. He goes, you ain't doing no growth hormone? And I was like, no. And he goes, why not? And I, I was like, I don't, know, I don't know if I can even afford it. And he goes, man, I do four IUs three times a day. He goes, but again. He goes, I'm Quincy Taylor. You don't need to be doing those numbers that I'm doing, but you better step it up from what you're doing now. And so me and Aaron were, were, were laughing and stuff, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll bump it up a little bit. And I went home, and I decided that I was going to go up to 1,000 milligrams of testosterone. And let me tell you something. It might not sound like that much of a difference to go from 70, 750 to 1,000, although it is 25%. It is a astronomical distance. It is, it is truly impressive how... With steroids, anabolic steroids, this is what I try to tell people. Less is more because you're always going to get what you get out of that dose. So you can take 200 milligrams of testosterone sipinate for the rest of your life, and you're going to keep on making good gains. You're going to keep on feeling good. Your testosterone levels, if you're a normal man, will probably be somewhere around 900 to like 1050, 1100, and you're going to feel great. If you take 400 milligrams, you're going to be out of that range and feeling better if you take 600 800 thousand yes the number is going to go way up but you're also increasing your potential health risks when you do that well when i went from 750 to a thousand i gained about 10 pounds in a matter of two or three weeks and i got considerably leaner and considerably stronger and i realized wow maybe i need to be bumping some of these other things up so i'm going to tell you guys right now the last cycle that i ever did for the last show that I ever did, and this was the most aggressive cycle that I had ever taken, and I can tell you right now, some of you guys are going to be like, oh my God, that's insane. And I can tell you, no, it is not. 
because the stuff that a lot of my boys are doing is way more than this. However, this was the most aggressive cycle that I ever did. 16 weeks out, I started with 1,500 milligrams of testosterone seven days a week. That's it. Just a ton of testosterone. Nothing else. At 12 weeks out, I added in four IUs a day of growth hormone. Now, I believe that most of the growth hormone that I was doing back then was fake. Had I been doing real serostim, I probably would have had far less injuries, and I probably would have been a much better bodybuilder. I have my hands on it now, and I have since I retired. I can afford it. And it is truly remarkable what a tiny little bit of serostim will do for you as far as anti-aging, rejuvenation, recovery, you name it, fat burning. Um, But I, I believed that you could get quite a bit on testosterone alone. So I would just diet and train and diet and train with the testosterone until I got to eight weeks out. And that's when I referred to it as party time at eight weeks out, I would cut the testosterone in half. So I would go from 1500 milligrams and just that little bit of GH to 750 milligrams of testosterone. I would split it up into a Monday, Wednesday, Friday dose protocol. At that point, I would add in Trenbolone acetate, 100 milligrams every other day. I would add in Masteron, 100 milligrams every other day. I would add in Winstrol, if it was injectable, 50 milligrams every other day. And I would add in Anivar, 50 milligrams daily. At this point, I would also add in Arimidex, 1 milligram every day. If I needed to do T3 and or Clen, this is typically when I would start. Never needed to do that much T3. I would typically start out with 25 MCGs and increase it slowly, either weekly or biweekly. It was rare that I would do more than 50 MCGs. Although when I did work with Dave Palumbo, he had me going very, very high. I actually, and somebody will probably tell Dave this, lied about what I was doing to him and never really did more than 75 MCGs. He had me up over 100 at one point, but I was just, I was keeping track in my notes of what I was doing versus what he was telling me to do. Um, And I do think that if you're somebody that does a very, very, very long Palumbo style, which is a ketogenic diet, you actually, unfortunately, do have to do a little more T3. And we can elaborate on that in in another time. Um, But I was never somebody that wanted to go crazy with Clem. I never needed to. And I used a two weeks on, two weeks off protocol. I have used DMP before, not in this particular stack for this show. Um, And I would run those numbers until four weeks out. At four weeks out, I would add in Proviron. I would add it in at 50 milligrams a day. And then each week, I would increase it by 25 milligrams. So four weeks, 50, three weeks, 75, two weeks, 100. You guys get it. Um, Also, at four weeks out, if I could get my hands on it, I would add in either Aromacin or Famara. Very, very, very strong um, Aromatis inhibitors. And I would do that with the Arimidex. So I was getting a double whammy. This would make you feel like shit. However... It would really, really, really start drying out the hams and glutes in areas that you have more estrogen receptors. I found this to be very, very key. And when you add in the proviron and get that extra little androgen kick, it gives a harder look. At two weeks out, I typically would go balls to the wall. At two weeks out, I would typically do the Trenbolone and Masteron every day. I would add in Halotestin at 20 milligrams a day. And I would cut the testosterone and the GH out between 14 and 10 days out because you would have a little bit of water retention from it. And I wanted to always be as dry as possible. So at the end, you figure I'm running 100 milligrams of trend every day, 100 milligrams of Masteron every day, um, cutting the test out, 
cutting the GH out, increasing the proviron weekly, doing the halotestin. Perhaps I'm on 37.5 to 50 MCGs of T3. Um, I usually at this point would start cycling off of the clen. Um, And for this particular show, I would do on leg and back days specifically 10 units of insulin post-workout with either Vitargo or Carbolin. In the end, it eventually wound up being Carbolin more. I found I digested it better. So the, the, the introduction of insulin at the end was giving me a very, very intense carb load and making me harder and harder. And this is something that I utilized in my carb up process as well. So you can see that I started adding all these other things in the closer I got to the show. Outside of, of pre-contest, most of the time I just ran test and I'd throw in some orals here and there. Maybe I do D-ball for four weeks. Maybe I do Anadrol for four to six weeks. Uh, but pre-contest is when I would go the hardest with the gear. And this is why I could often actually grow all the way up to my shows. And this is the way that I think is the safer way to do it. Because if you're going nuts all year round with your dosages, you're just, you're just putting your body under so much stress. And, and that is a factual cycle, guys. I have no reason to lie about everything. If you think, oh, he was doing more than that, or, oh, my God, that's crazy. I mean, different people will tell you different things. But that is a factual, uh, you know, to the milligram true uh, last cycle that I did, which was for USAs in 2012. All right. Our uh, next question is from Ricky Silmanelli. He says, a while ago, I heard about your use of insulin for off-season. You mentioned 10IU Novolog uh, post-workout. What is the best carb source to ingest after using 10IU, and how many carbs on average for people that gain fat easily? Do you still recommend using this? And also, do you recommend using this protocol for those who are not on growth hormone? Very, very good question, and thank you uh, for submitting this question and for putting Novolog in the question because I realized that when I just explained the insulin that I was using pre-contest, that I didn't specify that it was Novolog. I find that Novolog is, for bodybuilding purposes, by far the best choice for insulin. Two reasons. One, it's very easy to manage because it is super fast acting. Uh, and two, when you have something that is that easy to manage, you don't have to worry about altering your diet too much. With Humilinar, which works for four, five, six hours, you often find yourself feeding the insulin and eating way, way more than you need to. And this can cause rapid fat storage and really throw you off. Should you use insulin if you're somebody that gains weight easily? No. And here's the reason why. If you're gaining fat easily, you should be focused more on how to not gain the fat easily. Not by taking in excess calories, regardless of it glycogen loading, because you will wind up storing some of it as fat if you are somebody that is prone to that genetically. If you are somebody who is either average or below average as far as their ability to put on size, and put on weight, then insulin is ideal because you will utilize the carbohydrates far more efficiently. So for me, I was never, ever an easy gainer. In fact, I was a hard gainer. I had to eat like crazy. The older I got, the more meals I had to eat just to get my weight to where I needed it to be, which was truly never big enough to make it in the bodybuilding world. So I could get in shape faster, but putting on the true size really wouldn't have been possible without the addition of insulin at the end. And what I would do at my most aggressive point was I actually do it three times a day. I would take it with my first meal, which was breakfast, and I would take it at my pre-workout and post-workout meal. Now, this is very important, guys. As a general rule of thumb, people will tell you 
that for each unit of insulin, you should take in 10 grams of carbohydrates. Some people will even say eight. I can tell you that whether you are hypo or hyperthyroid, uh, it will dramatically change the direction that you need to go with the carbohydrates. So I found that myself, I had to actually do 15 grams of carbs per unit of insulin or I would crash and go hypo so hard that I would turn white, start shaking, pour sweat all over the place, and then have to literally sit there and gorge myself with carbs until I felt okay again. This is not ideal. This is truly not ideal because then you're eating in excess. You're going to wind up storing some of it as fat, and you're, you're not going to achieve what you're trying to achieve. So when I figured out how, how sensitive I was, I, I went to an excess. So if I was taking 10 units, that means I needed about 150 grams of carbs. That probably sounds like a lot, which is why I utilized Carbolin because it's a powder and you can get a lot of carbs in very easily. To try to do something like that with like oats, for instance, would be pretty much impossible. I mean, a cup dry measure is only 50 grams of carbs. You'd have to eat three dry measure cups of oats, which I don't even think I could do, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know many people that could do that. That's, that's a ridiculous amount of food. So to, to be a hard gainer and need to, need to get these calories in, you're going to have to look for these powdered alternatives and you're just drinking it down real fast. Again, this is not amateur stuff. This is not stuff to be played with. And I always kept a Gatorade with me everywhere I went. Um, and if I was home, I always had things like jelly or fast digesting carbohydrates in case you saw some sort of blood sugar crash and had to bring yourself back. This is when you see the negative things with insulin. This is where you see it coming from. It is not ingesting the proper amount of carbohydrates with it. Used properly, insulin is more anabolic than anything else. Now, people will say, uh, you're wrong, PG, insulin is not anabolic. The actual drug itself isn't an anabolic. It's not a muscle building drug. Utilized properly, with nutrition, the byproduct is muscle enhancement that you cannot get any other way. And no, you do not have to take it with growth hormone, although they do complement each other well. You can do growth hormone without insulin. And yes, you can do insulin without growth hormone. All right. Our next question is from Jonathan Hull. He uh, first starts off and says, nice work on the 31-day rebuild. Uh, any advice, uh, You know, feel free to share on that. He says, one question is whether taking eradicate close to chosen one or abnormal has any effect. And also whether caffeine takes away from the absorption of chosen one, abnormal, or eradicate. Lastly, is the original hype safer to take more throughout the day than the hype extreme? He also gets the impression that hype extreme should be limited to one serving per day, whereas the original hype has little or more flexibility over exceeding a serving per day. Very, very intelligent questions. In fact, I'm actually going to steal your paper for a second, Chris, so I can look at it because this is a multi-part answer. Um... As far as my transformation, thank you. I really tortured myself on it. I'm not going to lie. It is not something that I would recommend many people doing. Also, I, I spoke of this in the last episode. I had the weight to lose, guys. I, I had the weight to lose. I was carrying so much excess weight. I've never carried an excess of fat like that. So I knew that I could get it off fast under extreme measures it is not the ideal way to do things. It truly isn't. In life, we, I find, often want instant results. You know, it's, it's, it's the age that we're in. You know, we have these phones that can give us information on any given subject instantly. You know, we, we can find the news instantly. We want everything instant, instant gratification. And that's what I wanted. So I, I, I truly tortured and starved myself to get, <laughs> to get those results. Um, can you do it? Yes. But you've got to have a mindset 
that is unbreakable as far as willpower. And, and I do have that. And I know that I have that from years of doing it. Now, to get into your questions on the supplements, these are very good questions. And, I, and I'm happy that you asked them because I think that, that, we, that we're going to educate a lot of people on this right now. For starters, caffeine is not going to negatively affect absorption of any of these products. But one thing that you should know about caffeine, guys, is that caffeine in excess is going to do two things. Number one, it's going to stress your adrenal glands a lot. And if you get into adrenal fatigue, most supplements are not going to work as well for you. So that's something to think about. Also, caffeine and other stimulants are capillary restrictors. So when you take a buttload of caffeine, you're actually shrinking the size of the blood vessels so they don't get as much blood flow. Now, caffeine is not the worst capillary restrictor out there. It's mild. Um, This is really something that you see only in extreme doses. But most people are combining caffeine with DMAA and all these other stimulants that are in fat burners and pre-workouts and things like that. And that's when you see extreme capillary restriction. So you're actually in in a potentially counterproductive spot which is why products like Hype and Hype Extreme are so good because they are vasodilators, which is the opposite of capillary restriction. So question number one, will taking the Eradicate and chosen one close to each other or, or, or with abnormal have any adverse effect or negative effect at all? No. You can take chosen one, Eradicate, and abnormal all together, or you can take them individually. They will not have any negative interaction. In fact, if you take the Eradicate with any of the other products – they will actually work better because even though the chosen one doesn't aromatize, you probably have some natural natural estrogen anyway. So it'll 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 make the gains drier, uh, and and the same goes with with the abnormal. There will be no negative effect to it. Now, if you wanted to take eradicate at a different time than chosen one, it would be ideal for any of the pro hormones to take them after. Because you will see some suppression in testosterone while you're on. And when things start to come back after, you usually see an increase of estrogen. And the eradicate will protect you from any of the negative side effects. To get into the question about the hype and hype extreme, very good question. Now, hype extreme has nootropic in it. It has a a mild nootropic in, in it. And there is still a lot to be learned about nootropics. This is a new age in uh, basically neurotransmitter stimulating uh, products. And there are many, many different nootropics on the market. Many of them have actually already been banned. Um, But what's good about them is that they're stimulating your brain, not your body. That's why we like the nootropics. And um, we only use the legal nootropics here. We have pulled out anything that was questionable. Um, And Realistically, there are many brands that are still using questionable nootropics, but the reason why you wouldn't want to go in excess with the Hype Extreme, and by excess, I mean more than like two scoops a day, is because you may start getting into a level of milligrams with with the nootropics that could potentially um, cause you to rely on the nootropics, perhaps give you a headache. Uh, I've seen with high doses of, of nootropics that I've experimented with, like any of the racetams, which are which none of them are compliant, by the way, um, in high doses always made me very dehydrated. So for that reason, yes, you can use more hype than hype extreme. But here's the deal. You could use too much hype as well because 
you don't want to have so much vasodilation occurring that the blood flow is so intense that you risk seeing a drop in your blood pressure because that actually can happen. And I learned this the hard way because I had forgotten that I had taken a Cialis, which is the king of all vasodilators, and I took a couple scoops of hype the next day. Totally forgot that I had taken it the night before. Didn't even think anything of it. Well, if you've already got a massively powerful vasodilator going through your, your body and blood is flowing like crazy, to take more causes a very big drop to, to potentially unsafe levels of, of blood pressure. And I got very dizzy and lightheaded, and I honestly felt like death. I couldn't even work out. Could not figure out what the hell was wrong with me. And then I realized it. It was from the combination of the two scoops of hype with the Cialis. And if you ever watch commercials for Viagra and things like that, you know, they always say not to uh, exceed the dosage or, you know, um, side effects may, may be an unsafe drop in blood pressure. This is what can happen from too much of that vasodilation effect. So too much of, of anything can potentially lead to bad things. Moderation is the key. You want, you want my opinion? Take one scoop of both of them. Mix them together, you get the boast of both of everything. I've had people tell me they like regular hype more. I've had people tell me they like hype extreme more. If you want a fun fact, I designed regular hype. Therefore, I think it is the best. Gorilla Chemist uh, formed the second uh, hype, hype extreme. And I was very, very hard on him and made him go through five different versions until he did one that I thought was really good. And I do support that product and think it is good as well. All right, our next question is from uh, Bridget Shergley. She says, how do you get rid of bloating? Uh, for example, she's eating extremely clean, drinking about a gallon of water a day. By bloating, when I get this question from women, I often feel that it is a bathroom-related thing. Now, if we're talking about bloating just like feeling you're bloated with water, the more water you drink, you're going to start peeing. Uh, and a, and, a, and a, great, a great way to get rid of excess water safely and I've, I've discussed this, I'll probably wind up discussing it in every episode, is by taking high-dose vitamin C. Four grams of vitamin C a day, which, by the way, you can take more than that. I, I've spoken to dentists that in, uh, will tell people to take five grams of vitamin C when they have uh, enamel problems with their teeth. Uh, so you can actually get super high-dose, like powdered vitamin C. Uh, Source Naturals makes a great one, but I'm not going to get off subject here. So by taking two grams of vitamin C in the morning and at night, you'll blunt your cortisol levels. You will pee more. And um, it, will, it will keep that water circulating. Now, if you want to get more intense, then you can start getting into herbal diuretics and things like that. And, and Blackstone has a very, very impressive herbal diuretic coming out soon called Evaporate that I'm excited about. But when I get bloating questions from women, typically when I start picking their brains more, they tell me I haven't pooped in three days. Um, and that is something that if it happened to me, I don't know what I would do. I'd have a panic attack. Um, Quite often, I truly believe that it is psychological and that it is a woman's body's response to stress. We all handle things differently, and you might not think that you're stressed out at all in any way, um, but you may be stressed just from the workload that you're putting on your body. You may be stressed from uh, a relationship that you're having. You may be stressed from work. There's a, a number of different forms of stress that can wreak havoc on your body, and stress can do some crazy things. And from coaching so many women, I would have women tell me, I'm bloated, I'm bloated, I'm bloated, I haven't pooped in two days, I haven't pooped in three days. And the first step is taking a good fiber supplement. Um, so if you're not taking a fiber supplement now, I would suggest taking sugar-free Metamucil, 
Just take a serving before bed. You can actually do a whole tablespoon, which I actually do every night. And let me tell you something. There's not a night that I do that that I don't wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is poop out pretty much everything in my entire body and it feels magnificent. Um, however, there are some women, and you, you ladies are very, very tricky. Your endocrine system is not the easiest thing to figure out because your hormones change all the time. There are some women who have an adverse reaction to psyllium husk, which is the main ingredient in products like uh, Benefiber, sugar-free Metamucil, things like that. And it causes like a sludge to build up inside their uh, lower abdomen. And then it gets even worse. Now, unfortunately, you're not going to know if you fall into this category unless you experiment. Most people will tell me, oh, I'm drinking the Metamucil, I'm pooping every day. Thank you. Thank, thanks, coach. I'm pooping. You're welcome, girls. Um, so... That's my first bit of advice. If it is a deeper problem, if it is something that is gut-related, and by gut-related I mean the actual um, acids and, 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 and good flora that are in your stomach, things like that, you're going to need to make sure you're taking a good probiotic, which I feel that everybody should be taking anyway. So by having all these, these good bacteria in your stomach your body will break down the food and you will process things better and you will spend much time being bloated i use vsl number three and vsl number three you cannot get in any store it actually used to be a prescription product that they opened up to the regular world which is a brilliant move you can go to their website vsl number three it's vsl the number sign and then three just the number three and it'll come up very easily. It's a very, very big and successful company. Um, and it, it's used from everything to simply just keeping you regular to even irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, I would suggest starting out with one in the morning, one at night. I actually do two in the morning and two at night just because I love pooping. Um, <laughs> but I, I've had some of my buddies that were already regular telling me straight up, like, man, I can only take one VSL number three a day because, like, I poop too much when I take it. And I'm like, hey, good for you. That's not a bad thing, you know? I mean, your, your intestines are healthy. Um, so if you're not taking a probiotic, I think that will really, really help you a lot. You can delve deeper into digestive enzymes and things like that, which are not going to be as important or as effective as the probiotics. But these are two things that should help you out with the bloating. It also could be an underlying issue with food allergies. If you have never gotten uh, blood work done in food allergies and, and seen what you are allergic to and what you're not, if you are allergic to egg yolks, for instance, you're going to feel very bloated. If you are mildly allergic to something like chicken, you're going to feel very, very bloated. And you can find all this stuff out by just getting simple blood work done and just switching your diet around it. So hopefully one of those things that I suggested helps you out with the bloating. If it does not, uh, let me know, and we'll get into it deeper in another, in another episode. All right, now we're going to move on to the second half of our podcast, which is going to be answering your questions specifically regarding diet. Uh, our first person asking is Daniel. Uh, he says, he, first of all, he's a big fan of the Blackstone Labs YouTube channel. He's 36 years old and currently getting over a bad car accident. Along with soft tissue injuries, I encountered a brain injury due to the accident. For the last year, I've been stuck in my house. Other than weekly doctor's appointments and some other minor outings in my life has been devoted to getting better and healing. Although I'm still not out of the woods yet, my diagnosis is getting better, and there is now light at the end of the tunnel. I've never been into fitness or the gym or taking care of my body, and with the accident, I've had a chance to reevaluate my life and previous bad decisions. I'm sick of the way I look and feel just being the biggest man in the room as I'm a fat slob in the way I, I do not look in a good way. I'm six foot two and currently I'm 450 pounds, and my weight has never really slowed me down. I've always been active and worked hard, uh, but being out of commission, so to speak, for the last year has taken its toll on me, and I'm sick of it. 
Your YouTube and mostly you have been an inspiration to me for me for, uh, to drop this weight and finally do something about it. Due to my injuries, legal battles I've had to do, with the accident, I cannot go to the gym or cannot do any type of cardio. So diet is all I can do as of now, and I'm just so lost in, on what to do and how to go about this and don't really know which way is up. Any help would be appreciated, and you truly are an inspiration to me. Thanks in advance. Thank you very, very much um, for the kind words and for, for, for giving me the honor of knowing that I'm inspiring you to make a lifestyle change. Because the big thing here is, man, regardless of how heavy you are and how you feel about yourself psychologically, let's face it. 450 pounds is far too much stress on the human body. And it, it, is, it is asking for a heart attack. It is asking for diabetes and another other a slew of, of health issues. So we're doing this to, to keep you alive for a long time. Let's think about it from that perspective. And I believe in many, many different types of food. But there is one thing that I will always push, no matter what, to the general public, to, to the largest amount of people. And that is the ketogenic lifestyle. And for somebody like you, this is beyond ideal, and I will tell you why. When you follow a ketogenic lifestyle, your body is going to utilize its own fat stores as energy. Since you're not going to be able to do much to actually go out and burn calories right now, you want your body utilizing its own fat as energy. For you to be doing some sort of balanced diet approach or you know, just reducing your calories, by not being able to exercise, you're going to wind up storing things that you don't need. When you take carbohydrates out, and that's what a ketogenic diet is based around. A ketogenic diet, which we're going to discuss for, for the latter half of this episode, probably the next 15, 20 minutes, and then we'll shut it down, is a diet that is based typically 75%, 70 to 75% fat to 20 to 25% protein and less than 5%, a negligible amount of carbohydrates that are typically coming from fiber sources. Now, when you remove a key macronutrient, like like the carbohydrate. There's a major shift that happens, and I'm going to explain why. Our bodies are taught at a very early age to utilize glycogen or carbs as energy. It's, a, it's your body's preferred energy source. So if you are taking in protein, carbs, and fat, your body's going to focus on those carbs for energy, and it'll store everything else, in, and you're not doing anything. So you're going to be storing a lot. By removing those carbohydrates, your body has two options, burn fat, and utilize that protein. So that protein, that little bit of protein, is going to be all you need to sustain your muscle. And one thing we don't want in this process of losing weight is to be losing any muscle. If anything, we want to find a way to feed the muscle and keep it healthy because the muscle is going to be burning calorie at rest. And if all you can do is rest, you're going to want to have as much muscle as possible because you're going to want to be burning those calories. When all you're getting is fat, your body gets into what is called a state of ketosis, which sounds like some sort of random STD, but in fact, it is actually a good thing. When your body's in a state of ketosis and releasing ketone bodies, your body will essentially eat its own fat to provide energy. And all of these crazy fallacies that people will tell you that you need 150 grams of carbohydrates for your brain to function properly and this and that, that's all bullshit. None of that is true. That's all very outdated science and, and, and it's all been proven wrong. You do not need carbohydrates. You do not need them at all. 
You have to have fats. That's why there are essential fatty acids because they are essential for life and you have to have protein. So you're giving your body what it has to have. Now, I can promise you, if you switch into a ketogenic diet, which is very, very easy to find information on online, in the first two weeks, this is what's going to happen. Because you have so much excess weight, you're going to drop weight fast. Now, I suggest you go and get your blood work done because you're going to want to know, are there any underlying issues? Do we have a thyroid condition? Are you at risk of diabetes? You want to find all these things out. I I had a gentleman who was uh, 100 pounds overweight, and I put him on a ketogenic diet. He got his blood work done, and he was completely healthy. The first first two weeks of his ketogenic diet, he lost 24 pounds. Don't believe me? Go look up Garrett Elias on Facebook, and he'll be happy to tell you about it. He was my first truly big uh, weight loss, just incredible transformation. And he did it the first... 70 some odd pounds very, very fast on a ketogenic diet. So anyone who's carrying an excess of of fat, you should be wanting to use that fat as energy. And this is the way to do it. As we go on with the rest of these questions, I will get more into different aspects of keto. And I need you all to understand that this is something that I could probably talk about for two hours and you'd still have questions. So I'm going to address pieces of it as we go through the other questions. All right, this next question kind of ties into that. Uh, It's from Justine Slaughter. Uh, They say, great job on cutting the weight. Uh, The changes you've made in such a short period of time is quite impressive to say the least. So word on the street is, is that abs are made in the kitchen. Do you agree with that statement or do you think that training is more important? Perhaps maybe even some other factor. What recommendations do you have for diet and training while cutting? Here's a fun fact for you. When I competed, which was over a 10-year period, I only trained my abs for the last two or three weeks before each show simply to make them pop out more. And I'll give you two reasons. Reason number one, abs, just like any other muscle, are going to grow when you train them. So to me, I always thought to myself, I want everything to be big except for my abs. I don't want my abs to be bigger. If I keep making them bigger, I'm not going to have the illusion of an X-frame. Now, something to be said about training hard in the gym. Anybody that trains hard in the gym, does compound movements, breathes properly, knows. You could do a hard squat workout, and the next day I'd be like, man, my abs are sore. And it's because when you do any sort of intense training, and you're performing Valsalva maneuvers, and you're breathing properly, and you're you're utilizing your core, you're stimulating your core at all times. So the, the, the core is always getting stimulation when you're training. It is for that reason that I do not feel that it truly needs individualized approaches to its training unless there is a massive weakness there which could cause lower back issues, and that's a whole other subject. Are abs created in the kitchen? 100%. And there are many, many other bodybuilders that don't train their abs easy, and when they die down, they have sick, sick-looking six-packs. Lee Priest was one of them, and he had an eight-pack, and he didn't train his abs, and he would get fat. In his off season and have a huge belly. But sure enough, by showtime, he'd have those ripped up abs again because you can't see the abs if they're covered with a layer of fat. And as men, our bodies are designed to store the most cortisol and fat in our belly. Uh, guys will, well, it's hormonally, will hold more weight in their belly and in their love handles. It's very rare that you see a guy with like a huge fat ass and big thighs like you will on every girl in South America. It's, it's a hormone thing. Uh, so yes, abs are created in the kitchen. All right. Our next question is a three-part question from Dustin Burt. They say, hey, PJ, I have a wedding on November 21st and I've started to lose weight, but haven't gotten myself in a good routine yet. 
I'm 5'11 and 212 pounds. In my younger days, I stayed around 185, 190. His first question is, how do you get through the hunger of working out hard, especially cardio and only eating healthy? I find myself starving throughout the day or night after a workout. You should never be feeling starving or hungry on a healthy diet. That is not healthy. To be starving is the opposite of health. So you've got to look at what you're eating, and I don't know enough about what you're eating to truly answer that question accurately because there are other variables that could come into play. But I'll give you a couple tips. At every meal, you can pretty much eat as many green leafy vegetables as you want. So when I got really, really intense with my contest prep and I got to points where I was hungry, I would take a head of lettuce, which is essentially eating nothing, and I would chop it up, throw some red wine vinegar on it, which is also essentially eating nothing, and sit there and eat the bowl of it until I was so full with lettuce that I had no desire to eat anymore. And that actually will keep you satiated a lot longer. Another thing that will help you dramatically is a fiber supplement because fiber breaks down so slow. It has no effect on your insulin level, and it will keep you full for longer periods of time. Uh, so I supplemented with fiber usually before bed because that's when I would go the longest without eating. And because of that, I was able to sleep better. I wasn't waking up starving. Uh, but you're going to want to look at what, what are you eating. You, you may not be eating enough. I'd like to know more about your calories and what you're doing because if you're starving already, you're only going to get worse, and then you're going to slow your metabolism down and get the opposite effect. So, so why don't you submit new questions about your actual diet, and I'll break it down even better for you. All right. Their second question was, for weight loss, am I better off doing tons of cardio and little workouts like running, basketball, etc., or should I be doing less intense but longer workouts and stay in the gym? Depending on the individual, I think that that question can be answered many different ways, and, 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 and I could contradict myself with it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you the best of both. I think that you should train intense for, let's say, 40 to 45 minutes. Move at a fast pace. Push yourself really hard. Keep it moving. You'll burn a ton of calories. And the science will, will prove, you can find it online, that when you train like that at a fast pace with volume, that you will release growth hormone. Growth hormone is going to put more muscle on you, and it's going to burn fat. Why do you want more muscle? Because the more muscle you have, the more calorie you're going to burn at rest. You want to get your basal metabolic rate up. That is the, the, the amount of calories your body is just burning on its own every day. So that's something to be, to be focused on. Now, once you're done with that, if you get yourself and, and, and find a way to do some form of HIT cardio, high-intensity inter interval training, you could get away with doing 15 minutes and burn just as many calories as somebody could do in 45 minutes because you've already burned off so much during the training and you're going to prime your metabolism by doing this. So basketball actually is hit cardio, but you got to run. This isn't just sitting at the foul line taking shots. You've got to be sprinting. You can go to a basketball court and do what's called suicides when you sprint up to one line, run back, sprint up the next line, run back. Sprint up to half court, run back, rest for a minute or so, and then repeat. You do that for 15 minutes, you're going to be burning calories like crazy. You can go on a bike, and you can put the resistance up, and you can pedal as hard as you can, as hard as, as fast as you possibly can for two minutes, and then just totally coast for a minute. Let your heart rate come back down, and then repeat it. You can go out to a football field, sprint half the track, walk around the bend, sprint half the track again, Walk around. When you do intense blasts like that, you're going to burn so much so fast that you're going to achieve a lot in a short amount of time. Now, you put all that together, that's only about an hour out of your day where you're getting the best of everything. That is what I think is the ideal approach. 
All right, their last question is, is how much of your weight loss was connected to supplements and over-the-counter products to help with weight loss? Um, if I were going to put a percentage on it, maybe 10 to 15%. Uh, I will say that the number one thing contributing to my weight loss was the diet. And the number two, more than anything else, and this falls under the category of diet, was removing all the alcohol from my life because I was consuming so much alcohol and so many empty calories and slowing down my metabolism that I was really, really throwing my body off. And this is a factual number. I have no reason to lie and make this up that the first week of me not drinking, I lost 15 pounds. Most of it was of course, water weight. You don't just burn pure fat. It doesn't work that way, but it was weight that my body was holding on to that it truly didn't need. And, um, that just goes to show you how hard alcohol is on your system. So the combination of me removing all alcohol, and I, I have a very high tolerance. I, I could not drink for, for six months and probably still out drink anybody that's listening to this radio show. So for me, a guy that drink, drank regularly with a high tolerance, and I, I would some nights put down a liter of vodka in like an hour. And that is just a massive amount of, of empty calories wreaking havoc on your system. So when I changed my lifestyle, got back into a serious diet and removed all that negative empty calorie, the results came fast. The supplements, actually, I didn't really put in until as, as I started to kind of slow down. Now, I've had a point where I'm actually excited to add supplements in. I'm excited. I'm going to add next week. I'm going to add Trojan Horse in. Uh, and I'm going to use that as a plateau buster so I can actually get away with eating more food. But this, again, goes all around manipulating the diet. All right. Our next question is from Chef Gruder. They ask, what is the best way to improve the mind-muscle connection? Very, very good question. Very simple answer. Lower the weight and concentrate on having perfect form. If your weight is too heavy for you to execute the rep properly, you will not fire the muscle properly. You will simply be focused on moving the weight. I used to think that I was the strongest kid in school. I could go up into the weight room as a junior. I could throw 405 on the bar. All the cheerleaders would be practicing their little moves, and everybody would crowd around, and I would take 405 out, and I would do a few reps with it and scream, and, and everyone was like, PJ's a badass. Then I joined a powerlifting gym, and the first day of squatting in the gym, the head of the team, the, the, there was a powerlifting team there, his name was uh, Rob De La Vega. came up to me and said, you're a strong kid. Those are the worst squats I've ever seen. <laughs> and I said, what, what's wrong with them? And he's like, you're barely going down. He's like, those are quarter squats. He goes, if you lower the weight and learn how to squat the right way, you'll be doing that weight again. He goes, but I'm telling you right now, he goes, if you do a proper squat, you probably won't even be able to do half that. And rather than being a dick about it, I said, well, can you teach me how to do a proper squat then? And he said, yes, actually, I will. And we put on 135, and I learned how to squat through my hips and drive through my heels, and I learned the proper mechanics of a squat that day in the gym. And it was a com completely humbling experience because I worked my way up to 225, and that's all I could do at the time with proper form. So I mastered 225 for many, many sets of 10 for a few weeks before I pushed it harder because I wanted to make sure that I was executing everything the right way. And sure enough, the numbers got back up again. Um, and there's something to be said about proper form because the more you focus on your form and executing the firing of the muscle properly, the more muscle you're going to stimulate, the more you're going to grow. So you want my quick answer after the explanation on how to improve the mind muscle connection. Don't go too heavy. Focus on your form. All right. Our next question is from Chelsea Balsamico. She asks in regards to for preparation for a show, she's a bikini competitor. 
What are your views on being in a caloric deficiency? Do you think it's necessary, or how long is it, uh, how long is too long to be in the deficiency? And how long uh, do you get out of the caloric deficiency without gaining rapid weight? Fun fact, Chelsea's actually one of our Blackstone Labs athletes. You guys should go check her out on uh, Instagram. She is the only person that I know that is awake when I'm awake every morning, and I watch her Instagram story as she is at the gym waiting for them to open up and let her in to do cardio every day at 5 a.m. And um, I don't do any of my Q&As at that time because I know she's the only person that will benefit from it. So uh, I'm very uh, flattered to have a question from her on here. It's actually, I think, the question of the day. I spent the entire latter half of my coaching career dealing with metabolic damage and metabolic syndrome that was caused by very, very bad coaches, most of which were men, that didn't understand enough about nutrition and enough about the woman's body. And I will tell you, flat out, the worst one was Kimoto. And he's probably the most popular one in the industry. But when you have as many girls as he has, it is truly impossible to cater anything to an individual. So they're all on what's called a cookie-cutter program, which is essentially something that he decided that will work for everybody, which in many cases it will. And I'll tell you right now, the first time you do a show, typically everything works because it's a shock to your body and it's a dramatic change. Most women think to themselves, if I just eat less, I'm going to lose weight. If I just do more cardio, I'm going to lose weight. So I guess if I just keep doing more of those two things, I'll keep on getting results. And this is when you get into a very, very bad rut. So When I had time to work with a woman, no matter where they were, no matter what they wanted to do, no matter what show they thought was going to be their show, I said to them, can you please give me 20 weeks? And I will explain why. Nobody needs 20 weeks to get in shape. In fact, everybody should be able to get in in shape in 16 weeks. And if you've done it more than once, you should be able to get in shape in 12 weeks. 12 weeks is a long time. If you're at a point where you've got to lose that much weight that you need 20 weeks or 30 weeks to get in shape, you're in the wrong sport. You're you're, you're using the competition as a means to to basically hide your eating disorder is what it is. And and I mean that. That's, That's a serious issue that I see in this industry. The reason that I would want 20 weeks is this. I would make this individual tell me everything that they ate. I said, I want to see everything that you eat for the next three or four days. Write everything down. I want to see it all. Don't hold anything back. Don't lie. I don't care if you eat McDonald's one day. I don't care if you eat ice cream every night. Let me see everything that you're eating. I would assess what they were eating. And I would see, if they were being truthful, is this person eating a lot? Is this person eating a little? Is this person eating quote-unquote healthy? What are they already doing to look the way that they're looking now? And my next phase after that, was I typically took whatever they were doing and I actually added calories to it. And this would freak out half of the girls being like, this is too much food. How am I eating so much? And I would explain to them, this is the reason why we're starting with plenty of time because I'm going to teach you how to have a healthy metabolism, which is something that is earned by eating and that many, many people don't take the time to do. Usually at the end of those two weeks, we saw no change in weight. Sometimes we saw a loss in weight, which is outstanding. So if in two weeks you increased your calories every day and you didn't lose weight, you're eating more than you're ever eating, that is a tremendous victory. Sometimes maybe the person would lose a pound. Now, if the person gained five, six, seven pounds, then I knew to myself, okay, we're dealing with somebody that may have some metabolic damage and this needs to be addressed 
the proper way because if you do have metabolic damage, which comes from under eating and excess cardio, you will not fix it no matter what you think, no matter what you do without eating more food. And it is truly frustrating and it does take a long time. However, by ignoring it, you will make your problem worse. And I've seen this as literally an epidemic with women in this industry. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a girl that just did a show and then I see her three or four months later and I don't recognize her because she gained 40 pounds. That is not what fitness is about. The girls that live true fitness lifestyles, their body weights fluctuate by like 10 pounds from the off season till show. And they look great year round because they live a fitness healthy lifestyle. They are not doing dramatic things and causing havoc on their systems. So a couple weeks of eating more food you can stimulate your body's metabolism to understand that it's getting this excess of calories in. Now, this is when it becomes fun because now you have a good baseline of calories in food and you know, I can start tweaking things. I can start lowering calories in certain spots. I can start lowering calories just on certain days if I want and the body will see a response because now you're in that deficit. This should always be the first approach. When you hit a plateau, you assess everything and you potentially add in cardio or you potentially manipulate the diet. You never do them both together because you truly do not know which one was the one that was giving you the beneficial results in the end. If you go from doing no cardio to an intense diet and an hour of cardio a day, how can you truly know what is causing you the most benefit? So if you do the diet first and you say start losing one or two pounds a week and you consistently do that, I do not feel that you should add in the cardio yet. Now, if you're already doing 30 minutes of cardio and you make the diet changes and let's say you're losing one or two body pounds a week, again, I don't think that you should increase the cardio. Now, let's say you plateau for a week or two. You got a couple options. Are you in a rush? Do you have a lot of time? Because you can give it another week and see what happens. Sometimes just throwing in a cheat meal and shocking your system causes good results. Sometimes a simple, hey, let's bump up the cardio will cause a spike and increase results, but we do not want to ever do them all at once. Now, when you go all the way to a show, and this is so important, think about it. You've gone through this period where you've progressively done more cardio. You've progressively eaten less food. You really think that you could just stop doing all that after the show and go back to your old life and not have something dramatic happen. And I see it all the time. These girls that are taking an excess of fat burners, they're taking thyroid drugs, they're doing two hours of cardio, they're eating 800 calories, they get to their show, they look great, and they're like, all right, I'm going to take a week off now and eat pancakes every day and, and have fun and drink and, and party, and then they gain 20 pounds in the first week and they freak out, and then it's like, okay, now I'm going to go back into intense dieting again and this and that. This is the worst thing that you can do. It's like, of course that's going to happen. How could you not think it's going to happen? So a process called reverse dieting needs to be done. It is as important as the actual diet itself. And typically, if you are healthy, you can reverse diet your way effectively for a period of about six weeks to a point where you actually make your metabolism even stronger than when you started. And this is done by simply taking the foods that you're already eating and simply increasing the portions slowly on a week-to-week -week basis. And you do this as you slowly taper the cardio down so you're not causing this shock on your body. Your body is just seeing a little bit of an excess of what it's already getting. 
And let's say you do 100 calories a week, which is nothing. An apple is 80 calories, right? So let's just say you do 100 calories a week. Well, in six weeks, if you are now eating 600 more calories and you're doing half the cardio and you're still freaking shredded, that is awesome. That is a victory. Why wouldn't you want to keep on doing that to get yourself to the point now where you're eating more food and staying in shape? You've done the work to get in shape. Now you can preserve it and build your metabolism by going through this reverse dieting process. Now, again, this is something that I could also talk about for a very long time. And if you guys want more on reverse dieting, we can spend that in another episode. But I do believe that I answered the question to the best of my abilities um, without taking you know, an hour to bore you guys. All right. Our next question is from Eric Espinoza. He says, first of all, I'd like to thank you for all you do in helping us to better ourselves. We all appreciate your dedication and time. It does not go unnoticed. He's 33-year-old male, 5 foot, to- uh, five foot 7 inches tall, 215 pounds, and 24% body fat. I have been training off and on since I was 16 years old. I used to be a hard gainer weighing in 145 pounds. Throughout the years, I was able to put on some size and become and, uh, because of drinking beer, a lot of fat as well. I took eight years off, and now I've been eating clean, giving up alcohol, and training religiously for about two years now. I dropped about 35 pounds in about six months. Although I still have a body fat to lose, my main goal is to get huge. Growing up, I always admired the freaky, the freaky look, like wrestler Scott Steiner and bodybuilder Lee Priest. I just got off the Muscle Boy stack, and it was awesome. My body fat dropped. I put on size, and my strength went up. And with Glycolog and Formula 19, I noticed the results quickly. Before taking the stack, my test was at 227. My question is, is what do you recommend I take supplement-wise to get huge and freaky like those guys like and like yourself? I understand it takes hard work, years of dedication, diet, and genetics play a huge role. But I would like to know your recommendations for both paths, going through a doctor and through purchasing online with Blackstone Labs. Thanks. Well, for starters, congratulations on uh, giving up the alcohol and making those lifestyle changes. You're probably adding years to your life uh, each day that you stay away from the alcohol. So. Kudos to you on that. It was a a, a difficult thing to do, but a very wise move. You must be around my age because you are emulating guys that me and my friends emulated when we were young. And, uh, you know, everybody knows there's only one thing that Papa Pump uh, cares about, his peaks and his freaks. And um, he had a look that is truly unattainable without steroids. So you've got to understand that. Going to a doctor is 100% the way to go to obtain testosterone or any other steroids because it is legal. And at your age, if your testosterone was only 227, which is very low, you will absolutely be able to get prescribed testosterone legally. And it will make a very, very big difference in helping you grow as well as burning body fat, making you have more energy, increasing your sex drive. It's a slew of great things. So that is, that is number one. Number two, you just did a very aggressive psych, cycle for Blackstone Labs. A smart one, uh, one that is going to put size on fast, uh, but you need to understand that you could never make results like that naturally or, or without those products. So if you want that freaky, freaky look, you're going to probably need a combination of what the doctor is going to give you and the strong stuff like Chosen One, Brutal Force, Abnormal, together to get that look. Because the doctor's not going to give you the black market stuff that you see in the bodybuilding world that I truly can't suggest going out and getting. Regardless of me doing it when I was young, 
Um, I, 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 I cannot suggest that you do anything without a doctor's supervision because there's just too much dangerous stuff going on out there, and you really don't want to be doing anything illegal. You don't want to be breaking laws to look a certain way. So get yourself into an HRT doctor. Get your blood work done. That testosterone is very, very low. Getting yourself on some HRT tests will be the first step in really changing your physique. And things like Chosen One, Brutal Force, those are the products that you're going to want to be supplementing in. Now, the Chosen One will actually work great with the HRT testosterone because it's going, to, it's going to free up more testosterone from the androgen receptor itself. You're going to have a higher level of free test, which is going to make you feel really good really fast. So thank you for, for lumping me in with those guys because those guys are freak shows. Um, uh, but I can tell you that I am nowhere near as big as I was when I was using those things. I was 30 pounds, sometimes 40 pounds bigger than I am now and actually leaner than I am now at my, at my biggest. Uh, but I could, I, I, I could accept that I could truly never look like that without doing all those large amounts of steroids, which at this stage in life, I have no desire to do, uh, because I want to be as healthy as possible. And in taking steroids in excess is not healthy. Um, so get that testosterone up, get in the doctor and you'll start making your results fast. All right. Our next question is from Richard Blythe. He says, I am a 50 year old man. I'm five foot 10 and I've been battling weight issues. 285 pounds, all belly. I've hit rock bottom too many times in my life and have PTSD. Your products have helped me build back again. I would like to know what you ate in those 31 days. I've worked hard to get my muscle back, but belly makes me look bad. I'm desperate for a diet that works. I'm very thankful for your time as I know you're a very busy man. Please advise me on what to do diet-wise. I plan on going all out. Again, thank you for your time. For starters, um, again, thank you for the kind words. And I hope that does this does not come across douchey. But rather than getting into a long answer right now, listen to the first podcast uh, because the first podcast, the first 20 minutes of the podcast, I discussed my whole protocol for how I lost the weight. So you can you can mold it right from that if you want to go all out. Now, as far as what I believe that you should be doing, I believe that you should be following a ketogenic diet plan. I think that will make you the happiest and get you the results the fastest, which we've discussed for most of this episode. So if you're listening to this podcast and, 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 and you, re you remember putting this question in, I actually have answered it for you already. So, so get on that ketogenic approach. All right. Our uh, last question is uh, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this person many times uh, jokingly. His name is uh, Haradev. Uh, his last question is regarding – He's, he's from Jason Genova's, I guess, Piss Army. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, this is Slash. I'm gonna, by the way, I'm going to read this exactly as he wrote it. Uh, this is Slash Haradav, sl uh, Slash Girl Man, Admiral of the Piss Army. A question divided in many for Koth Pise Braun. God, this is tough. What is the best compliment a BSL customer can give you? What is the best compliment anyone in your business, both staff and those you deal with, can give you? What's the best compliment Salvania can give you? <laughs> What's the best compliment a friend can give you, KP Southline? Uh, well, for starters, I know Herodev well, and he is my favorite of the Piss Troopers, which is why um, this question was actually originally omitted uh, by the committee that goes through the questions, and I put it back because of how much I like Herodev. I will also give a shout-out to Chris Bra, who's very, very funny. As well, there are some good piss troopers out there. They're not all trolls. Um, many of you will not have a clue what he is talking about and why he is speaking the way he does. But I wanted to for Herodav because of all the entertainment 
that he's provided me, including the video that I saw today of Salvania. Um, <laughs> I would like to say that I can't pinpoint a, a, a specific thing that somebody could tell me that is better than anything else other than them saying that they feel that my products are the best products that they've ever taken and that have affected their lives positively because that is truly what I want to do. I love supplements. I've been using supplements for years. And there's always these haters online that will say bullshit like, oh, these guys just take fucking steroids and anything else. Like, I, I don't need to lie because, first of all, I don't even look that good. All right? You want to see what steroids looks like? Go go circa 2007, PJ Braun. That's steroids. I, I want to look like that now, but it ain't happening. Trust me. Um, supplements are very, very beneficial. And I didn't get into the supplement industry because I was like, ah, I'm going to scam people into making millions of dollars. I can't even believe that we made the money that we made. But we busted our asses and we put out really, really damn good products. And you want to know why we put out good products, guys? Because I've taken everything already for 20 years. So I know what isn't good. And everything that's come out that's been revolutionary that we've put out, I've taken it all too. So if I take something and it sucks, we don't put it out. You guys might remember we beta tested a product on a bunch of guys. We paid for like 20 people to have their blood work done. We paid. That's 300 something dollars per person. And we gave them the products. Well, guess what? The results weren't conclusive enough for me that the product was going to work. So we never put it out. So no, we don't push snake oil. We put out good products. When people tell me that your products are the best products in the world and they, they, they've, they've changed my life and, and, and they're, they're, they're a customer for life, that's freaking awesome. Like that's an ultimate compliment. Now, I can also tell you things where people said that I've motivated them to be better husbands, you know, you know, better fathers. Like that is truly amazing when somebody tells you stuff like that. So, of course, I love to hear stuff like that. I'm not going to say that I don't. What is the best compliment? That, that anyone could really give me, whether that it's it's staff or, or, or you know. Salvania. Salvania. <laughs> I, I don't know what, what a good compliment truly, like, is to, 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 to you guys, to a different individual. To some people, it might be like, hey, you're handsome. I mean, I actually think I'm handsome, so you're telling me that. I'm going to just be like, well, why don't you tell me something that I don't know? That, that'll surprise <laughs> me more. And, um. So for me, honestly, it's more how people treat me. So if I feel like people are treating me with a lot of respect and telling me that they love working for me, which I have a bunch of employees that have that have told me for years, because many of them have been there for years, how much they love working at Blackstone Labs. And that is the ultimate compliment to me because I put something together that is making people happy to go to work and love doing their job. And that's awesome because – most people freaking hate going to work every day. And that's why the expression TGIF, thank God it's Friday, is around because most people don't work on the weekends. And like, thank God I don't have to be at my horrible fucking job anymore that makes me hate my life. I mean, that's a sucky way to be. We come here and we're happy and we're family and we have fun and, and we kick ass and we work hard, but it's a great environment. So the fact that I have so many people that love working here and, and, and will say, you know, thank you for the opportunity to work here, that's the best compliment that anybody can give me. And to see my family proud of that, to see Salvania proud of that, my mom proud of that, that that's to me, it, 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 I feel is a testament to me treating people with respect. And I used to say that treat people the way that you want to be treated, that that's actually wrong. Treat people the way that you believe that they want to be treated because you'll actually treat them even better because uh, there's a lot of people that will treat you like shit. And uh, you'll accept it. Trust me, I'm the worst when it comes to that. I've let people take advantage of me, and I've let people uh, screw me over many, many times for being nice. But 
I will go into any situation with any individual and think, what could I do to make this person as happy as possible and treat them the best that, that they can have where they can say that they remembered me after that? Because in life, if you really touch somebody or affect them, they'll remember how you made them feel for the rest of, of, of their life. Whether they remember exactly what you said or not or what you did, they'll remember how you made them feel. They'll remember if you made them think like, man, that, like, that guy really hurt my feelings. They'll remember that. But if you touch them in a positive way, they'll, they'll remember it forever. 10, 15, 20 years from now, they'll be like, you know, that, that guy was a really nice guy. That, when you can have that effect on people, that hearing it back is the ultimate compliment. So, Haradav, I hope that I gave you a good, um, solid answer. And uh, I say peace out, bye. So I appreciate you throwing that in there. All right, guys, that wraps up our second ever Ask PJ Braun podcast. You can check that out over at blackstonelabs.com or on our YouTube channel. Uh, I'm Chris Heron. We're going to wrap this up here. I'm here with PJ Braun, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.